Get out of my pub. Get out of my pub right now! I'm not going anywhere. Hello, welcome to Get Out On My Pod. I'm Una, and I'm here with Nav. Here I am, back again. How are you doing? Yeah, you know what? Not bad, actually. Having some lovely weather, and I feel like it's been a uh, a top EastEnders week in, in multiple senses. Oh my god, it has. Let's talk about what we did last night. Oh my god, listeners, this is probably the best thing that's happened to me during lockdown. Absolutely, like, number one highlight of my lockdown. <laughs> Tell them, tell them what we did, Una. We did a Zoom online reading of the 2015 New Year's Eve episode where the killer of Lucy Beale is finally revealed. Oh my God. And and what, what was your part, Una? I um, had a very important two-line part. I was Cora. She smashed um, it. I spent a long, I don't even notice, but I spent a long time practicing. She smashed it, guys. Accent <laughs> was on point. Beautiful Thank delivery. You. Didn't miss her cue. It was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Unmuted on time. Unmuted <laughs> on time. It was a little bit unfortunate, and it was mainly due to when I came into the process. But obviously, some of you listeners won't know what I look like. But basically, I ended up being typecast as Masood. So it was... <laughs> It wasn't deliberate, and I was very happy with the part. It was part, definitely so. accidental, but, like, you nailed it now. Thanks. And Masood's a great character. I love Masood, and actually... I was really sad when you left. I was really sad, but also what I was super grateful for last night, Masood didn't have an accent in the show, so I could just <laughs> I could just deliver it like this. Right. I was so nervous about doing the accent, because a lot of people on that call were from London, Yeah. and we're, not, we're from the Midlands, right. so right. it was, like... It was a bit of extra work, I felt like. Maybe we could do a doctor's reading, because that's set in the Midlands. <laughs> I don't think there's a public demand for that, though, sadly. Yeah, it might not be as enthralling as an Eastern script, but who knows? I haven't watched Doctors in yeah. a long time. But, I mean, special shout-out to um, the people on that call whose names I've forgotten, because most people I didn't know, but um, who played oh, Ian and Jane. Oh, my God. Ian, Jane, Linda, Bobby, they were so good, so good. Peter as well really really good they yeah. absolutely smashed it by the way i noticed something from the script because that was the live episode right no was it live how many live episodes have they had i think they've had a couple now but like there's the infamous incident of mm. tanya saying how's adam <laughs> when she was referring to ian that wasn't that episode though that obviously can we know because tanya wasn't in it last night but, yeah um, yeah do you know why i thought it might have been the live episode why it was because uh, I noticed in the script there was a line where Peter was really angry with Jane because if, if listeners remember, initially Jane confessed to the murder and Peter goes, mm-hmm. oh, but you let Jake go to prison? Now, I noticed that in the script. Now, Jake Wood is oh, Max yeah. Branning, right? Yeah, but there was another Jake, wasn't there? Was there another Jake? I think there was another Jake that was something to do with the... Um... That, like, property company that Lucy had started with Lauren. Did, Jake, did, did that Jake go to prison for the murder? Um, I can't remember. There was definitely some suspicion. Because Jake and he was dating Lauren. Yeah, right. The old uh, property guy. That's right, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There were a lot of things that I'd forgotten about in that episode. I mean, even just Cindy being around. What? How did she end up leaving? I can't remember. I remember being really disappointed, though, because the actor, I don't remember her name, was, like, absolutely brilliant. From what I remember as well, she kind of had, like, dotty vibes, right? Like... Yeah, yeah, she was a bit of a troublemaker, but she had a good heart. 
She had a good heart, and I forgot that she had a baby as well. Who was that baby with? Literally can't remember at all. I'd have to do some like Wikipedia delving. We're not being good EastEnders fans right now, but you know what? In ex- more exciting news, we didn't manage to get a clip of this incredible reading last night, but we are doing another reading next Friday, and we promise to bring you our incredible acting. It won't be the whole thing but brace yourselves. But actually talking about an exciting EastEnders week, I decided to work on the social media this week. And I know, you smashed it. It worked. We got 22 followers. Wah, wah, wah. 22 followers. I can't believe it. We're famous. Yeah, no, thanks to everybody for following us. And like a lot of the, a lot of the big gun EastEnders people have followed us. It's a very welcoming community, isn't it? Absolutely. And shout out to the other EastEnders podcasters as well. They've been yeah. supportive as well in, in following us. But I need to give a specific shout out to, I don't know how to say his handle. It's Gil Bip. Does that mean something? Some young person thing that I don't understand? <laughs> <laughs> Some young person thing. Well, he's definitely a young person because he's using the TikTok. And oh, the see. reason yeah. the reason why he's getting a shout out is because he did some absolutely brilliant EastEnders TikToking. So everybody needs to follow this person. He's hilarious. I'm so grateful for like the EastEnders fan community for stepping up to fill the, the void of Thursday and Friday evening. Massive. So actually, I was looking at the t- our Twitter feed now that we've got all these followers and following so many people. And it's really funny to basically see. So the official EastEnders uh, Twitter site is trying to, you know, fair enough, deliver some content. But one of the latest things they've decided to do is a Easter egg hunt. And all the comments from the EastEnders fans are like, can you stop posting terrible content like this and give us more episodes, please? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair it's pretty lazy it is quite lazy but they haven't got a lot to work with right now no, that's true because normally they just post like little clips from episodes and stuff but i mean they've got one right. hour of content to work with i think they need to get more creative talking about getting creative though so somebody took the picture of the easter egg hunt they'd done using a uh, scene from a set from eastenders and said like oh i've added another egg see if you can find it and they just put phil mitchell's head in a window so, uh, <laughs> I need to find the Twitter user who did that and give him a shout out. But um, shall we talk about our uh, predictions from last week? Yeah, let's go straight in with predictions. Well, um, I'm quite pleased with mine, to be honest. Yours is pretty good. Go on to remind us. So my prediction was that Phil and Sharon are going to get back together, yeah. and then they're going to take in baby Caden and mm-hmm. raise him as a couple yeah so obviously we didn't get all the way there but i think i think we're half the way there and that is going to happen it is going to happen and i think being half the way there in a two episode week is basically being all the way there in a four episode week basically correct yeah there's another bit of that prediction i don't think i said last week but i do think it's going to happen i think that they're also going to move into the vic We'll see. So, okay, so that really upends my prediction from last week, which was a (gasps) Mitchell Watts battle. But yeah, looks like the Mitchell clan is coalescing again and returning to their spiritual home. (laughs) Let's hope so. Right. My my prediction didn't particularly move as quickly as yours, Um, but I'm still, you know, I'm not putting it in the bin, which is a Balam proposal done in sign language. Oh, yeah. 
And, you know, we got some touching moments between Callum and, and Ben. And actually, what was nice about this week, I know we're discussing the episode a little bit, but um, was that there was a bit of, you know, you got a sense of the kind of domestic life that, that Balam are going to have. And I think that's, you know, nice for yeah. them to settle down from all the drama. But, yeah, no proposal, sadly, which which I'm a little a little bit gutted about. But uh... I think it's still in the pipeline. We haven't had a wedding in a while, have we? Do you think they managed to film a Balam wedding before lockdown? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think it's a bit too soon? Because like, how long ago was it that um, Callum and Whitney were going to get married? Oh yeah, but too soon. I don't think there's too soon in EastEnders. <laughs> On the square. I'm trying to figure out how long it was between Christian and Saeed because Saeed like jilted uh, Hamira, was it? I can't remember her name, but his wife to be at the altar basically. And I'm yeah. fairly certain he was having a big old. Did in fact no? Did Christian and Saeed get married? Maybe I'm completely misunderstanding that misremembering oh, I don't know. yeah no because I'm thinking about the wedding right and that wasn't to Christian was it it wasn't no no of course it wasn't I yeah. don't know if they ever got married they just got together and moved to moved to Birmingham moved up your way I've just realized they've uh, basically kind of copied the central part of that story storyline with Callum jilting Whitney at the altar and Christian basically and uh, not Christian side basically did the same <laughs> to pursue a, a gay romance it's the way that gay people live their life yeah just like, wait wait until the day of the wedding to come out <laughs> that's so bad apparently i mean i haven't seen evidence of anything else on eastenders need to have a word with the uh, eastenders about <laughs> about this um i mean there is like there's there's bernie and there's tina like giving some different representation by the way where is bernie <laughs> well where I mean, you could ask that question about several several of um, Karen's children. Very, very true. You know what? We've hinted at it now. Do you want to pick up what you you saw this week? Um, on so Karen's invisible sons came down from their prison, I guess, upstairs in that flat. How long has it been since we've seen them? Do you think they've been hanging out with Whitney Stalker in the attic? Maybe. That. Who knows? That place, the Taylor's place, is not big. It's clearly like, massive. And we haven't seen them for, I don't know, weeks. I can't even remember their names. Right. Same. And, like, they don't have both floors as well because Tiffany lives downstairs, right? Like, so... Exactly. They do have a staircase going upstairs, though, so I think they must have an attic conversion. Yeah, but still, like, it's a bit much for these guys to disappear, like, weeks on end. Yeah, like, Karen is not parenting them. It's really bizarre. It's it's weird because like on the one hand, like they've got I think uh learning disabilities, right? And yeah, you know, on the one hand you have to say like, you know, props for showing visibility, but then when they're literally not there, can you count that as like visibility, like if they're invisible? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it really counts. <laughs> yeah, like <right. laughs> They need to actually be on the show. And actually, the scene from this week was clearly an afterthought, right? Because they were basically like, Karen's leaving. Oh, shit. Yeah, she's got these two sons that we'll need to, like, she'll <laughs> yeah. need to break the news to. We got involved then somehow. Right. Yeah. So, listen, we should talk some more about Karen and Mitch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Mitch declaring his love to, to Karen? I want to know what your thoughts I know you've got some big thoughts on this. So I want to hear yours first. I just thought it was a bit shady of Mitch, to be honest. Like, Mitch is, you know, like, he's, you know, redeemed himself. And, you know, we can talk about the mistakes they've made about being an, an absent black father in terms of the storyline. But as a character, yeah. he's had some fuck-ups, right? And I just kind of think, like, there is a 
needy sense of entitlement in him <laughs> basically like you know the woman who has like parented his children who's like looked after him to a certain extent when he's come back on the square who looked after her and nursed his ex like that he just basically yeah. blurts this out like as she's about to leave as she's doing something like really scary for her and kind of needs support while she's basically still with Billy like I was a bit like mm. if she's happy in a new relationship right like and I was a bit like I don't think that's on but I, I don't know do, do you get the same do you have the same take on that I I do think it's a dick move yeah but I also I really want Mitch and Karen to get back together yeah because I just really like Mitch um, and I think they're a good couple, and I want I want them to have more storylines. I want Mitch specifically to have a better like a better storyline. But do you think like it's pretty clear Karen isn't actually going to leave though, right? Yeah, I mean, surely this is why I think Baby Caden has to go back to Sharon and Phil. Exactly, right. Karen can't leave. So I don't think the Mitch Karen storyline has ended necessarily because if Karen ends no. up staying, the baby goes then. Yeah, Mitch has now said it now. Like, so do you think there's going to be a battle for Karen's heart between Billy and Mitch? Oh my God, I hope so. I would actually love to see that. But do you think that, um, what about Billy and Ho- Honey though? Uh, where Where is Honey? Is she still on her like retreat or wherever it was? Like, I don't know. I can't remember. We haven't seen her in a long time though. She went to stay with her aunt or something to basically recover from her eating disorder, right? Oh, Okay. Yeah, and I don't know if that ties in with some real life situation that the the actor is in. I don't know if they were pregnant or they wanted to have a break or star in something else. But um, mm. yeah, I don't know how long this absence is going to be for. Yeah, I mean, it could be a long time. Could be a long time. By the way, on on the uh, battle between Mitch and Billy, I think it would be doubly great because they're good comedy characters. I'm envisaging, and in fact, if they haven't written this yet, this is an idea, a uh, boxing match in the square. Yes, there's one for free for you, EastEnders writers. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> We're not just banter. We are creatives as well, as last <laughs> night, as our EastEnders reading testified to. <laughs> Very true. Massive. Um, massive yeah, I'd love to see that. I think that's a, that's a great shout. Yeah, let's see what happens with that. So I guess the biggest storyline this week was Dottie. Dottie's coming for Ian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because it kind of seemed like it resolved itself with uh, Ian finding the phone, uh, destroying the phone, the CCTV, CCTV, I mean, CCTV (laughs) stuff being like basically BS. But actually, to my complete embarrassment, I even though I did watch both episodes this week, I promise listeners, I completely missed a scene with Sharon that, that Una reminded me of. Yeah, so Sharon found the phone. She found the smashed up phone in the bin. Um, and we didn't hear anything about it for the rest of the week. But she picked it up out of the bin. She put it in pocket. Why, though? Because so... she not afford a phone? <laughs> yeah, Sharon had time. I don't know, but genuinely don't understand why she took a phone out of the bin and put it in her pocket. Well, so she was in the kitchen. I think she was putting a tea bag in the bin. Oh, and yeah. then she just saw it and kind of picked it up like, oh, what's this? And then... Ben burst in the door and started shouting at her about Phil being in the police station. So I think she just like put it in a pocket. Oh, okay. Without thinking about it. Yeah, fair so enough. So it actually was like relatively convincing. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I guess you would think like, oh, that's weird. Is that broken, etc. The thing that if I hadn't seen the scene and you explaining it to me has made me particularly horrified that the Beals don't have a compost bin. 
So her <laughs> sticking that tea bag in the normal bin, yeah, it's not it's not on. Totally not on. Shameful. Have they got an allotment though? Where would they put all their compost? Well, but do you not have one of those? This is really boring. I may or may not cut this out depending on where, where this ends up going. But do you not have one of those brown bins on your kitchen worktop? Oh, yeah, we've got one. Yeah, yeah so I wonder in, in Walford, they probably would have one. I feel like Ian would go for that. What is the borough that they're in? I'm trying to work it out. Tower Hamlet? So it's a mixture of Walthamstow and Stratford. Oh, uh, okay. I.e. Walford. Yeah, don't know what's going. Oh, but shit, hell! I literally never knew that. Did you always know that? <laughs> um, someone told me one time. Oh my days! My it's because my friend once was trying to figure out exactly where on the tube map Walford would be. Right. Um, and I think that's where he like figured that out. This is. Can we? I think we should just stop recording. I don't think. <laughs> the podcast is going to get any better than that but uh but the thing is i don't know the recycling and composting arrangements in either stratford or walthamstow so no yeah, no maybe. me neither well should we do one of those like twitter threads it's like what yeah does what what's each eastenders character's view on composting <laughs> i don't know how long this lockdown's going to last but we could get to that point right all they, a lot of them seem to randomly turn up to the allotments every so every so often. Even though I think only one yeah. of them has a patch, right? Yeah. Well, who is it? Patrick that's got a patch. Is he? Does he have a patch? He never really tends to it. He's just there drinking. Who has got an allotment? I thought it was the Fowler's allotment because Arthur had the allotment, and I wonder oh, yeah. if Martin inherited it. We never see anyone doing any work on it. Just like drinking or sleeping in the shed or hiding, like <laughs> evidence, like uh, burning shit. That's all you ever see on the allotments. Yeah, true. Well, I don't know. Like, I've never been to an allotment, so maybe that is what goes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> I mean, enough. I'm not part of that culture. Fair enough. Anyway, talking to the, the Dotty uh, and Ian stuff. Yeah, the Dotty Ian situation. What about uh, Bobby's now involvement in it? Do you think that's going to play into the revelation that we're inevitably going to get? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to... Can I say my prediction for next week early? Say it early and then we'll say it again at the end. All right. All right. I think that maybe Dotty's going to start dating Bobby, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even though she's not that interested. What's the age difference between them? I think they're the same age, oh, like really? maybe a, a year or two. Mm -hmm. um, but Well, she's at uni, isn't she? So she must be like 18 or 19. Right. Um, although like never really see her doing any uni work. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Bobby is what, 16, 17? I think so, right? I always kind of odd as well because a part of me is going to be like, well, Dottie seems older because maybe she's had a hard life, but like Bobby killed someone and went to prison. So exactly, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think they might start dating, which would also create a bit of tension with Vinny as well. Right, so that could be interesting. Yeah, what do you reckon? Well, I I agree with you, and I think it's gonna. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to work this out because I think Vinny and Dottie will also end up dating. And Vinny will know that she's like playing Bobby. Um, and yeah. but inevitably he'll end up this. I feel like this is a prediction. It's not actually my prediction for this week, but I'm going with it. <laughs> but that Vinny's going to end up getting jealous and think that maybe Dottie's actually into Bobby. And that's how maybe the shit will hit the fan. Yeah, maybe. So Vinny seems like very, very riled up about the Ian situation sort of right. out of nowhere. Right. 
And when he said to her, like, oh, you've done nothing wrong to Dottie, I was a bit like, well, she has kind of done some stuff wrong. You're not supposed to find out that a person yeah. contributed to someone's death and then uh, extort Leverage them. Leverage it for your own yeah. material gain. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, just I was just going to ask you something. Again, we haven't really discussed it. So obviously, like, Ian locked Denny into the room because of... Uh, Denny basically creating a situation in which Bobby was like attacked uh, as for Islamophobic reasons, right? So Denny did something yeah. quite horrendous. Now I don't advocate yeah. locking kids into into rooms and stuff, but do you buy the narrative, which is kind of what we're being presented with, that Ian killed Denny? Um, yeah, I think I do. But th- th- I'm just thinking of it from a kind <laughs> of like causation perspective, right? Like, is it? Yeah, I understand what happened. Right, but like. No, but even after, even afterwards, is it reasonable to believe that if you lock someone in the room for obviously it was just going to be like an hour as a kind of like teaching yeah. lesson that they would end up drowning? No, I don't think it is. But I think Ian did like quite a half-assed job of rescuing him. And he obviously was trying to rescue him without anyone knowing that he'd locked him in the room, which because he could have just gone up. He could have just told everyone well, that's what's happening. And then probably like someone would have been able to get him out. But he was trying to get him out without getting in trouble i i didn't read it in exactly the same way i just thought he was in a blind panic and he's a bit of an idiot so he screwed it up but yeah maybe that's the case i do think though like not to make this like a legal podcast but like there's not (laughs) sufficient causation there like there's a break in the causation with what phil did to the no i don't think you could like send him to prison right necessarily like it yeah but but uh, sharon's gonna be pretty upset isn't she she will be finds out well now she's like teamed up with phil but yeah anyway should we talk about phil trying to take the rap for this oh yeah yeah that kind of you know the the tender phil moments like continuing throughout the week and him telling richie to 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 bugger off like um yeah like it was all all a little bit bizarre yeah so right i've got some questions about this so when Phil came into the police station and he sat down in the interview room, the one interview room in Warford Police Station that they have, and um, he was trying to confess to Denny's death and the boat crash, but they wanted him for for the murder of Keanu. Right. Presumably they don't know that he's alive. Um, so, and then Sharon rang them up about the boat crash, right? Right. And then they let him go. But, like, don't they still want him for Keanu's murder? I don't think she rang them up about the boat crash because she'd shopped him earlier for killing Keanu. Because if you remember, she found out that Keanu was alive. Nonetheless, yeah. she she still shopped Phil to the police for uh, killing Keanu. Because at that point, no. so that's that's what they were basing the evidence on. The thing that that's I thought the statement was... statement that she was withdrawing. Right, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't about the boat crash. Like, what was odd, though, is that regardless of, like, her withdrawing her statement about killing Keanu, he's confessing to doing something with a boat crash. Like, why are they not bothered? Yeah. Well, I guess they don't really have enough evidence or something. But they didn't investigate. It was in the cell. It was in the cell one night. And, like, he's come and confessed this. Like, are they not going to... Yeah, they could have kept him in, presumably. Right. I did like how angry they were about, like, having to let him go. 
that was really funny. I just find it really weird that it's a bit like, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting into like what I think of the police and stuff. It was just really odd that somebody has come in and said they had a material impact on a boat crash <laughs> in which multiple people got injured, a child died, and uh, they didn't even release him on like bail or something like that, right? Basically saying like, yeah, we're going to investigate this. Um, yeah. And find out. Like, Very weird. But hey, the Wolford police move in mysterious ways. <laughs> It was really, really weird. But you know what? Actually, the the tender Phil stuff did also continue with the uh, interaction between him and Ben this week, which I found really, really touching. Oh, yeah, that was lovely. That was so sweet. It was really nice. That nearly made me cry. Right. Do you think it was all right for Sharon to to be the one to tell Phil about Ben's hearing loss? Yeah, I don't think Ben was going to tell him. So I think she had to. Yeah, fair enough. She's just doing what's best for Ben. Yeah. And fulfilled. Yeah, exactly. And it was really, I think it was a really nice, clever scene where you didn't see what was on the note that Phil wrote to, to Ben, but only as they embraced, you just caught a glimpse of, I'm proud. Oh, it's so sweet. Really oh. Do you think they're going to carry on like having a nice father son relationship? I think so, yeah. On the square. I think wow. so. That's going to be weird. Well, because I think the, 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 the biggest source of tension was the kind of homophobia and how that yeah. impacted Ben. And I feel like Phil is past that now. Um, yeah, and I just enlightened. Right. And also, arguably, Ben is more of a kind of gangster these days than, than Phil. So, you know, what has he got left to not be proud of him for? Yeah, he's like fulfilled all of his um, gangster dreams, really. <laughs> right they're living in gangster's paradise you could say denny was going to be like his phil's like homophobic replacement for ben um but that's that's off the table now so yeah do you think by the way do you think uh we're going to see louise again no i think she's gone yeah um partly because i follow that actor on instagram and it sounded very final when she was saying goodbye um yeah which is a bit of a shame i was sort of getting into Louise what I do think we are going to see is in about 15 years time we're going to see little Peggy Mitchell oh, show up on the square yeah as an absolute troublemaker I mean it's always hilarious how these kids always end up coming back and you kind of think that just does not happen in real life like yeah. two generations down the line people don't come back to places that basically they don't remember yeah to like find their long lost uncle or something <laughs> and then end yeah. up living with them like um yeah for years upon end but i can't wait until that happens it's gonna be great yeah well i think we're just left with some of the side stories now i think there was a little bit of uh jags and habiba in the uh in the marketplace yeah, little scene there that was quite sweet you, okay so have you softened your view of the potential jags habiba romance yeah i'm coming around yeah i guess yeah i mean it was a little bit less ridiculous than last week so yeah fair enough yeah, let's see where it goes well, actually, I say there's only the side stories left, but I think the other big thing was uh, Mick and Linda and the rest of the Carter clan finding out about them selling the pub. Yeah, yeah. And they were very, Shirley was very calm about it. Yeah, as was Tina. I don't and, feel like that's the end of that. Well, I think where they're going with it is that Linda is obviously quite reluctant to, yeah, to sell the pub. So do you think she's going to find a way to put a spanner in the works? Oh, maybe. Maybe well, what I was thinking, right, is if Sharon and Phil do want to buy the pub, which I think that they will want to, mm-hmm. um, that it will create some tension between Sharon and Linda. Oh, why do you think that? Just because Linda like doesn't really want to leave. Yeah. I think she's gonna want to stay in the pub. 
do you think it's got anything to do with Linda not wanting Sharon to get back with Phil as well? Well, maybe. Maybe. I'm never quite sure what Linda thinks of Phil. If she was a good friend, she would be stopping Sharon from getting back with Phil. I've always found their friendship a little bit contrived because I can believe it from their character's perspective that they would be two people to gravitate to one another. But how strong their friendship is versus how much time they've actually spent together. uh, Yeah, considering they live like literally about 30 seconds walk from each other's houses. Right, a bit of a mismatch. And like Sharon doesn't seem to kind of know the rest of the Carter family that well. Mm. There's not a lot there. And obviously the she's got the tension with Shirley, but but then I guess Linda's tension with Shirley, so I don't know. I, yeah. I always am a bit like eh, is that is that gonna is that gonna happen? Maybe they'll add some depth to it with the uh, whole Vic storyline. Well, I thought it was gonna be game over after Pepperoni Gate occurred, so <laughs> the death of many a friendship, pizza toppings. That's uh that's what I found. But um yeah, I think we've wrapped up a lot of the storylines. Have we have we missed anything? Yeah, there's one that I still want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, which is the Panasars on their call centre. <laughs> you mean their front room? Yeah, so I don't know, like, what are they are they selling pest control at from a call centre? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that right. what's going on? But why was uh Vinny ringing up Buckingham Palace? Was he ringing up Buckingham Palace? I don't know. Maybe I misheard that, but I swear he was like. I thought Vinny was trying to like book venues for his party. But I swear, I swear, he's, I swear. Okay, you know what? I may. Some the listener will need to tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I swear <laughs> there was a scene of him going like, "It's that much to hire Buckingham Palace," and I'm like, I know <laughs> Jags is an idiot, but I didn't realize Vinny was also an idiot as well. But I might have missed that, but. Yeah, could have happened. Who knows? It feels like they're really still getting to grips with the Panasar's characters. And also the the stuff with their mum pretending to have cancer, it's not the fallout has been basically nothing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much nothing. They've essentially used it to like spur on this whole like Vinnie Dotty outcasts together storyline, which is like quite a minimal impact right. for a massive lie. Really minimal. What? Do, by the way, do you know why Vinny was so keen for Kirat to go visit his uncle in Middlesbrough? Yeah, because he's um he's gonna have his party in their flat. Oh yeah. Next okay. week, which is gonna be a big storyline. Yeah. Okay. He, obviously, it's gonna be a disaster. How was Vinny supposed to be? Do you know? I think Vinny's supposed to be the same age as Dotty, because he's sort of been linked with like Keegan. Yeah, Dotty. He's sort of been around that whole yeah 18 to 20 18 to 20 i think um i think he's a great character i think they're gonna do some interesting stuff with him so i think as i say i said it before i i like the panasars i think they've uh, they've smashed it i think by the way just like now we're on the uh the side stories just a general comment on kathy so we were talking before (laughs) the podcast about kathy you know inviting dotty to dinner and being a little bit you know, always on the wine, being a little bit drunk and stuff. Very entertaining, massive fan of it. But I'm trying to figure out if it fits in with what her character was before she came back from the dead. And I remember storyline of like, you know, she got raped. There was the whole affair storyline with Phil and Grant and all that kind of stuff. Like, And they've kind of turned her into a bit of a, a comedy character, which I'm kind of fine with. Yeah. But, but it is it is different, right? I'm not just mis- I'm not misremembering. I think I think it is. I 
I think that like old Kathy might have been slightly before my time. I've got memories of her, but not a lot. But I do remember her being like a more of a central character with proper storylines. But also I really love just like drunk, oblivious Kathy as well. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, right. she's so relatable. And also, but what's funny as well, she's so central to like, uh, in terms of familial relations to like so many big storylines because she's got the link to the Mitchell she's got a link to the Beals and yet it's yeah. still she's still living her best life and respect to that <laughs> go on Kathy massive respect you got all this this, <laughs> this shit show happening around you and you're like well hey wine she was the best thing about that incredibly awkward dinner yeah, right which is doing a matchmaking with Bobby and Bobby and Dottie yeah let's see where that goes so so what is your prediction for next week Okay, all right, we're gonna we're gonna go there. So mine is, well, to be honest, my predictions always really are about like three months in advance. But here's my other three months in advance <laughs> prediction that we're not gonna remember. But basically, it's Bobby who's gonna find out about what Ian did through this kind of relationship with with Dottie, and yeah. the whole thing is gonna come crumbling down quicker than expected. And it'll be Bobby who tells Sharon. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh, that's a great prediction. Nothing. I think that's going to happen. Right, exactly. It's going to be, it's going to be massive. What? I think you've mentioned yours, but do you want to remind the listener again? Mine is that Bobby and Dottie are going to start dating, um, and that it's also going to create some tension with Vinny. Woo! Uh, you know what? This is actually quite good predictions, right? We've both got Bobby predictions, and yeah, yeah. we can check ourselves. I'll be honest, like your predictions are always quite a lot better than mine so um <laughs> <laughs> don't hold out for my prediction coming true i don't know a couple of weeks ago i did say linda was gonna get smashed and sleep with isaac so yeah fair dues fair dues they weren't in it this week were they no not at all i mean this is just going to be a running theme now i think i need to stop mentioning who's not in it because we, we got a brief <laughs> glimpse of martin as well you were saying this week as well right yeah i mean also it's it's only two episodes isn't it so be, there will be lots of people we don't see for ages and it'll feel really weird right the time lag is really going to start to tell now like so like the calendar references in the soap like we're now getting to a point where a few weeks in where it's going to be like they're going to mention dates and stuff and it's going to start to sound like really odd um yeah definitely and just like the weather difference because right. we're normally like we are a couple of months out like right. sometimes it's sort of snowing on the square when it's springtime right. in our lives but it's going to be like very strange now well let's see let's see what happens with it there's one more weekly feature who is your eastender of the week eastender of the week when are you going to do a jingle i need to do a jingle in fact by the way before we do <laughs> eastender of the week if anybody needs more eastenders content in their life uk tv play has on their website classic episodes of EastEnders. What the best thing about it though is not necessarily the actual stories, it's the closing credits music. I'd completely forgotten this, but 90s EastEnders was a jazz fest. There is massive saxophone and trumpet vibes going on in the closing credit. It is incredible. Oh my god. And I'm in I didn't even know that I changed. Oh my god, it is so good and they need to bring it back. I may just play it underneath our vocals right now because it is the greatest thing I think I've ever heard. So, yeah. Yes, no, I would love to hear that. Yeah. I don't have that TV channel. Maybe I'll make that our jingle for uh, Eastender of the Week, but um, yeah, going to make it happen. Right, I will answer Eastender the question. Right. Yeah, Eastender of the Week, come on. Eastender of the Week. Oh, that's that's the 
placeholder jingle. Um, all right, I know this is bad, and I'm not. I'm not going to say who you think I'm going to say, but I am going to say something adjacent to what you think I'm going to say, which is, uh, is it's Phil. It's Phil Mitchell. No way. Yeah. Well, you've managed to tear yourself away from Sharon by one degree. There were lots of lovely Phil moments. I thought. Do you know what I mean? I just thought, why not? Why not have a little little bit of lovely Phil time? But uh, yeah, that's my Easter of the week. What about yours? Right, mine is also is slightly similar. Bit of a wild card though. Oh yeah. Uh, Richie the lawyer. Yeah, fair dues. I actually love Richie the lawyer. Like, I love how all she cares about is like making sure that Phil can do all his crime without yeah. getting caught. And, like, she really cares about it. She yeah. like muscles her way into an interview room for someone who hadn't requested a solicitor, which must be incredibly difficult, and really tried to get him off. Right, and even him saying, like, he, he's refusing representation, and she's like, I ain't going anywhere. And it's like, what? Yeah. I don't think that's allowed. I love her. Like, I was so pleased to see Richie back. By the way, that reminds me, there was a former Mitchell family solicitor that tried to screw them over, right, if I'm remembering correctly. I need to dig that out but yeah there was like a another one who another actor they've got on like a 30-year retainer to keep coming back and they because because Richie like she just like I don't know she always seems to be available yeah do you think she does any other work I think that Phil's top of the list for her yeah fair enough <laughs> fair enough yeah well you know we all need people like that in our lives so that's a brilliant shout that's such a good shout I need to start broadening my East End of the Week horizons. Well, I mean, it's been Sharon two weeks running. Um, <laughs> and you have moved to Phil now. It's so. good. Progress. That's right. You're a Sharon stan. Hey, you know, okay. that's that's what we need. Actually, I feel like, okay, before we wrap up, I do want to mention something else from my social media exploits this week. I need to find the Twitter account, but somebody else did some amazing content, which was that they did an awards uh, show for the various social media accounts related to EastEnders. And there was an award for best Mick Carter stan. Now, sadly, listeners, Una didn't win, but I'm going to make it my mission that she receives her well-deserved prize when the awards come back next year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Lovely Mick Carter. I think you're you're the one and only Mick Carter stan that that needs recognition thanks now we really appreciate it you're welcome i think that's a lovely tender fill type moment to end the podcast <laughs> yeah um you can follow us on twitter and stuff Woo-hoo! um we're on spotify we're on all the things i think now. we are on all the things we've got loads of followers now follow us some more at get out of my pod is our twitter handle i'm very excited for next week yeah we will be back next week Woo-hoo! bye bye